Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 14th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, yesterday you guys dove into the second half of your Tony nominations in-depth extravaganza on uh, This Week on Broadway. <laughs> you also got a chance to uh, talk about me and my girl over at uh, City Center Encores. It's, of course, closed by now. But um, anything that stuck out for you in terms of the uh, nominations discussions that you had with Peter and Michael? Um, no, I. you know, Peter and Michael are trying to make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, okay. <laughs> they're, you know, they're not too hot on the nominations this year. Uh, and we talked in general about the uh, a little bit of a lackluster season and, and reasons surrounding that. But one of the exciting parts of this week on Broadway was Peter's passion about me and my girl and how much uh, mm. he loves it and uh, told us a story about, do you know why me and my girl's run on Broadway was cut short? I do not. It was cut short because uh, there was this promising new musical coming in uh, that forced me and my girl to close. It was called Annie 2 that never opened. And uh, Peter thinks that uh, me and my girls, uh, it's high time we get uh, full production back on Broadway. Very cool. Yeah, I was interested in that. And then we talked about the uh, Bristol Riverside Theater in Pennsylvania. Um, Peter went down to see Triumph of Love and gave it uh, two thumbs up. And uh, the Bristol Great. Riverside Theater is something that people should be checking out along the same lines as, uh, you know, a paper mill playhouse and a good speed opera house. It's uh, doing Very some cool. great work. That's awesome. Yeah. So first up, let's talk about uh, the boys in the band was forced to cancel its Saturday night performance. It was, yeah. Not a ton of officially released information about this one, but basically late on Saturday evening, like less than an hour before the show was scheduled to start, the producers for the boys in the band announced that the Saturday night evening performance would be canceled. And since Sunday is the show's dark day right now during previews, performances would begin again on Monday as scheduled. All that was said officially was that there had been a minor injury to a cast member, but social media reports kind of filled in the gaps for us as they said that Jim Parsons apparently tripped down the stairs during the curtain call for the day's matinee and was unable to stand to take his bow. So if you put two and two together, that is where you can find four with a cancellation. Now, James, normally in situations like this, obviously an understudy or a standby would go on for the evening performance, but... Since they're still fairly early in previews, said understudy standby, you know, whomever uh, probably hasn't had much of a chance to rehearse much yet, if at all. So they canceled and decided to give refunds for the evening performance or reschedule. And hopefully everybody's back in tip top shape better than ever on Monday night. Hey, is uh, Scott Rudin producing the boys in the band? Um, No, uh, I do not believe he is. No. That's really interesting because um, their social media account, their Twitter account, you know, perfect opportunity (laughs) to get that information out there. Uh, They haven't tweeted in a couple of days. Oh, haven't they not? They didn't do anything at all. No, they because I think uh, a lot of people were, like you said, looking for information. Nothing. Yeah. I haven't checked their social media, but uh, it was a real close. And I don't know if that's because they were trying to see if his ankle was going to be okay or not. But it was a really late call. I believe David Stone is the producer of record here, which, you know, I mean, 
not that much different than mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah Ryan Murphy and David Stone. Yeah, so we will uh, see what happens on Monday evening. All right. Uh, next up, lots of TV broke. Uh, TV news broke over the weekend. Yeah, TV kind of broke as well in terms mm-hmm. of uh, theater relations here, yeah. though. But yeah, uh, for a lot of Broadway folks uh, over the weekend, they got some news that wasn't quite great. Some had some good news, but not nearly as many as didn't. As we've discussed before, many, many theater favorites have been shooting pilots over the past few weeks and months. Well, over the weekend, we started hearing which ones had been ordered to series And, of course, the inevitable converse of which ones had not. Starting with the good news, CBS ordered a show called The Code, which will feature Philippa Sue as one of its stars. And Fox ordered a yet untitled show, which we've actually discussed before, that will star Brian Darcy James and Nikki M. James, no relation, as well as Fences star Russell Hornsby. Another former King George III, Taryn Killam, will star in Single Parents, as will Joe Morton in the show God Friended Me. CBS also picked up Fam, which will feature Brian Stokes Mitchell and Cheryl Lee Ralph, also two-time Tony nominee David Allen Greer, will star in Fox's The Cool Kids. Now, unfortunately, there were far more shows that did not get picked up that have theater connections than actually did. ABC declined to proceed on Southern Hospitality, which had formerly been called Three Rivers, which was to star Annalie Ashford, John Larroquette, Andrew Keenan-Bolger, and Stephanie Stiles. Raul Esparza's new show, No Way Back, also won't be proceeding, and neither will Tay Diggs's All-American. Also not getting a series order was Most Likely, starring Leslie Margarita, Stadies starring Andy Carl, and an untitled ABC show featuring Lilla Crawford. Peter Gallagher's Main Justice did not get picked up either, and CBS has declined an option on 25, which would have featured Danae Benton. Also not getting the green light was False Prophets, starring Bellamy Young and Vanessa Williams. However, that one is apparently being redeveloped for future consideration. Currently, uh, History of Them, starring Anna Villafanye, is uh, is also being shopped to other networks after CBS passed. And no word yet on a show called Murder, which will feature Jennifer Mudge for the iNetwork. Now, James, it... um wasn't just new shows getting decisions over the weekend, but some currently running ones as well. The high school theater drama on NBC called Rise was canceled following one season, as was CBS's Scorpion, which stars current waitress star Catherine McPhee. Now, that's interesting because I heard uh, her in an interview with Julie James over on Sirius XM in which she said that she had a few weeks scheduled after her waitress run ended before Scorpion was scheduled to begin shooting if they'd gotten picked up. And she's going to take those weeks off because in addition to needing a break from going straight from shooting to making her Broadway debut. She has some concerts scheduled. However, she did say that this was like a couple weeks ago. I heard this. She said that if Scorpion was canceled, she would love to stick around the diner longer if they would have her. So that might be something worth keeping an eye out for in the next few weeks as well. All right. So uh, next up, we have recommendations. What do you got for us? We do. I've got a couple things here. Um, Two of them are very fun. One of them is fun, but super strange. Uh, the first one is great. It's a nice article um, uh, from the Washington Post, and and it came out on Friday, but it's actually really appropriate for Mother's Day. It's uh, from Nelson Presley, and he wrote about how Sarah Bareilles returned to her roots in the theater. It's a really cool article, and I just I don't know anybody who doesn't love Sarah Bareilles. But what's really cool about it is is she talks about how her mother really instead instilled her love of theater, uh, doing community theater and the music that they listened to growing up. So um, a really nice Mother's Day read. And then there's the really weird thing. Um, (laughs) So apparently there's this Korean 
I guess singing competition that's kind of like The Voice, but with a Asian game show weirdness factored in. What they do is that it's called uh, King of Mask or King of Masks, uh, whatever. So people come on and they sing in masks and then they get voted on and whether or not they proceed, blah, blah, blah. So there's this contestant who comes out with a big unicorn mask on and this contestant uh, starts singing tomorrow from Annie and all the judges are looking like this is terrible. Why are we listening to this? This is awful. And then when the person takes the mask off, it's Ryan Reynolds uh, there to promote his new movie, Deadpool 2, and all of the audience and all of the judges go completely bonkers. Um, I already got my tickets for Deadpool 2 on Thursday night, late Thursday night. So, James, we're going to record around eight, just so you know. Um, and I loved it. It's weird. I don't understand Asian game shows, but uh, it was a ton of fun to watch. Um, and then finally, something that's fun, but not weird, um, although the concept is weird, is over the weekend, uh, the Disney Channel released a first look scene at the upcoming TV movie adaptation of Freaky Friday, the musical, which will star Heidi Blickenstaff uh, as one half of the mother daughter duo and Cozy Zuzeldorf, um, who will be the daughter on that uh, that body swapping story. So that's really fun. No singing in this one, just a uh, scene in the principal's office. But it was cool to know that that's still going very well and will be released sometime over the summer on Disney Channel. You know, I forgot to add something during the television uh, pilot drop yes. pickups type of things that I wanted yeah. to mention here. Did you hear how influential Lin-Manuel Miranda is? Well, I don't know that I would give him credit for this, but are you talking <laughs> about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. Oh, man. I can't he stump was... you with anything. You know it all. I hate uh, yeah. you. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Lynn was very much upset by Fox canceling Brooklyn Nine-Nine. One of many, I mean, like basically everybody on my Twitter feed uh, was upset about this. And so yeah. much so that NBC said, hey, this might be a good idea for us to pick up. So the show will continue. Uh, over on on NBC this fall with a 13 episode order starring former One Life to Live star Melissa Fumero um, as well. So, <laughs> oh man, I can't even stump you with the totally sorry. off script. That was impromptu. That was excellent. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, Matt. What else do you have for us today? Okay, um, we've got some stories here that I think are worth checking in on. First, consp uh, conspicuously timed for Tony voting. I'm sure that's just a complete coincidence. Both Mean Girls and My Fair Lady announced that they would be setting out on national tours in the fall of 2019. I'm sure that was just oh, coincidentally you know what? I, time. I want to ask you a question about this because yes, this came up on, on, on This Week on Broadway. Um, I, I, I'm totally blank here. You did not see the Harry Potter show? No, I know nothing about Harry Potter. Have not seen the movies, not read the books. I know nothing. I don't think that that matters. But um, so I was well, – we are talking on, about this on this week on Broadway um, about the road voters and things like that. And I was wondering, are the road voters really interested in the Harry Potter show being a two-parter, screwing up their sub subscription series? Will they be more likely to vote for Harry Potter than – uh, something else for best play uh, that would tour better. What, what do you think about uh, a, a two-parter in a subscription series? Well, I think um, I think there were two points in there that I would talk about. I'll separate them. First, up to your direct question, 
I don't think that um, Angels in America would tour nearly as well as Harry Potter. And I don't mm-hmm. think I'm stepping out on too hard of a limb here. But the reason is, is I think Harry Potter could sustain much longer runs um, so that it could go. And rather than setting up shop for just one week, I think Harry Potter could go up and set up for two, three, four, six week runs. So where that kind of negates the worry about. Oh, I, we, there's only so many, you know, ticket buyers that we can get in there for two parts. So I think Harry Potter in and of itself would be fine touring. I don't know that it will because I think it's an ex- I mean, we know it's an expensive show. Um, so I don't know how that would do touring. I think it would be a while um, if it did tour. It would be a while before it did. The other thing, though, the question that you asked is, do I think that it would impact how road voters vote? And I'm kind of of the opinion and I might I'm kind of the contrarian here on this is that I don't think that road voters really factor in um, which shows are the most commercially viable and then they vote for those because by definition, those shows are already commercially viable. So I think if if I slip on my hat and some people I've talked to that I think road voters are more likely to vote for the artistic show that might be on the border of whether or not it can do well uh, in the hinterlands outside of New York because you know, Mean Girls, Harry Potter, Frozen, SpongeBob, those to have built in audiences already that I think would be likely to buy tickets, something like the band's visit or I don't know, Fun Home. Uh, you know, if, if that show hadn't if Fun Home hadn't won or Gentleman's Guide hadn't won the Tony, I think those would have been harder sells to tour. So the fact that those won best musical, I think they have a better option on the road than some of these big brands. So to me, it makes more business sense if we're really going to get cynical about how road voters vote. Rather than them saying, oh, I want to vote for Mean Girls or Frozen or SpongeBob because those are the bigger names. I want those to vote. The better vote for them might be giving it to the smaller show that doesn't have the name recognition so that they can market it based solely on the awards that it won. All right. Just to re- uh, remind the listeners uh, in the best play category, they have the children, Farinelli and the King, Harry Potter, Junk and Latin History for Morons. So. Uh, yeah, I think that probably there's not a lot of options either. There's not a lot of options there for for actual national tour type of things, other than maybe Harry Potter, uh, unless um, you have a very uh, sort of a more of a college town type of house that would play Farinelli and the King or the Children or you know Latin. Yeah, I mean we. Yeah, we saw the humans do kind of a weird – it wasn't a traditional right. national tour. It was a tour that went and played at regional theaters and did you know multi-week runs. So it was more like it was fitting into a regional theater's schedule rather than at a presenting house um, and just doing one-week runs. So it's a slightly different model if you're going to do a play, I think. All right. Let's get back to what else we were uh, yes. getting into today. Yeah, Mean Girls, My Fair Lady, touring in 2019. But also, uh, Christina Alabato, Chalina Kennedy, and Lulu Fall and more will lead the world premiere of Stephen Trask and Peter Yanowitz's new musical, This Ain't No Disco, at the Atlantic Theater this summer. The show, which features a book by Rick Ellis and is directed by Darko Treznik, will begin performances on June 29th. And finally, and James, this might be something you want to talk about being the tech guy that you are, apparently Live Nation, which is the kind of the concert promotion uh, wing of Ticketmaster, will now be allowing people to have their faces scanned in lieu of showing a paper or electronic ticket at certain events. Now, the ACLU doesn't like this as it gets into 
privacy and data collection and surveillance and a lot of civil liberties issues. But at this point, there's nothing illegal about it except for in three states, James. So this is something that we might want to keep an eye out with as, you know, try as more presenters and stuff, try to get a little bit more technologically savvy on some of these things. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. I will be tweeting all of my thoughts about Deadpool 2 late on Thursday night. All right. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 